Hey everybody, you've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. And this is Josh. It is still a world of lockdown, so the cinema's not open. It is Tuesday, June 2nd. So we made it through May. Oh my least. god, we made it through May. I thought I honestly thought you were gonna say May again. But yeah. I'm like, no, 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 it actually is June. <laughs> we have made it. So Eric and I just chatted because it's always interesting. Like we should just Everyone should record every conversation in their whole life because it's interesting enough for a podcast. Especially the pre-podcast ones. I feel like we're going to miss out on good stuff. But it's Tuesday, June 2nd. As we speak, there's all kinds of horrible things going on. Again, on Way top of this things. coronavirus that has locked us all down. <sighs> so we know that's going on. It is Tuesday, June 2nd. So that means that there's a... What is it being called? It's Blackout Tuesday? Yeah, like a, like not a media blackout, but just yeah, like Blackout Tuesday. Yeah. So we're kind of participating in that. I don't know what we would have done if we were open because business has to keep going. Yeah. But we're participating in the fact of just not posting our stuff mm-hmm. on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook today because it's supposed to be a time to think and ponder about the world yeah. and try to be better people. And listen, and most, listen. Imp- most importantly. Yep. And so, God, it's so weird. No, it's weird being serious too. Like, for yeah. us, I mean, like we're really trying to, we just, we talked about this before. And it was really like, we can't just not talk about what's going on in the world, but we pride ourselves on this podcast, just being a fun little escapist 30, 40 minutes where it's not heavy, you know, in the same way we watch movies, I guess. Yeah. And I just am thinking right now because Gwen and I, a couple of years ago, spent a little bit of time in the Twin Cities in St. Paul, Minneapolis. And just had a lovely time and met all kinds of great people. Went to this amazing arcade and met a couple of ladies there, one of whom I kind of became Facebook friends with and still say hi to once a year or so. And so all kinds of diverse folks and a diverse community. And we went and kind of paid homage to the theater where Purple Rain was filmed. I forget the name of the place right now, but it's this really famous place. Everybody amazing has played there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a place like that. Which is also very close to Canada, so it felt very home. You know, it's a place that has snow and the people we met, lovely folks. So with this happening there now, with these protests, you just hope everyone's safe and being taken care of. Yeah, there is a lot of positivity as well that we're seeing, you know, with homeowners taking in protesters and stuff like that. I mean, it's not, we're not being bombarded strictly with negativity apart from the whole reason this is all happening. Yeah. But there is some positivity throughout the amount of what we're seeing, you know, about the amount of negativity, I guess, for lack of a better word. Well, it's like just today, it's like as an individual, you can make mistakes and you can get better. And by very poor timing, happenstance, for whatever reason, a 20-year-old sketch that jimmy fallon did where he was in blackface right which just saying those words is like i don't know why it came up now i watched last night's episode of tonight show and he had on a leader from the naacp and a cnn black journalist Mm -hmm. and then the roots said something the two kind of leaders of the roots quest love and Tariq, and they played a song rerun from three or four years ago that they did on the heels of the horrible thing of the time happening then. My God. And then now more horrible thing. You yeah, know? that's the thing. Which horrible thing was it from which And you get time choked period? up listening to something. Because basically Questlove said that protest songs have been such a powerful thing for modern times. Oh, definitely. And that's why he wrote this song or they wrote this song. And it's a powerful song. Mm-hmm. So you see the white middle-aged host who has made a mistake apologizing for it, trying to be better, saying he wants to be better, saying he's going to have this NAACP representative on again and talk. And he was great. And that's a step. 
That's for sure. Something you can do. Well, and he doesn't strike me as someone coming from a place of hatred ever. Yeah, and you could see that he's actual friends with Chris Rock. Yeah. And 20 years ago, not to apologize for it or whatever, but it happened. And so a lot of people made that mistake. Like, you know, the the writers, the producers. Well, that's what I was going to say. Everybody. Like, I, I imagine he didn't write the sketch. I mean, maybe yeah. he did, but, you know, there's a lot of blame to go around in that scenario. And like Chris Rock has been on his show or done projects with him over the past 20 years. So it's one of those things where even from his mindset is like, oh, yeah, that happened. That's bad. Well, the bad. Roots wouldn't even agree to be on the show for, oh, for sure. Like, yeah. how, how even long that's been now, you know? Like, and it made me think of when we screened. So Mayfair patrons know this story. And it's one of those things where when I tell this story or when we say the steps we made, if you disagree with what we did, don't come yelling at us saying, well, you just lost a customer. Because we're like, well, that's good. We don't yeah, yeah. want you as a customer. And plus, it's been years. but Yeah. <laughs> but it happens. It happens. But we booked a rental and weren't paying attention because we're dummies. <laughs> it's all very interesting when you hear about conspiracy theories being real. It was a film from a woman filmmaker with a lot of press about how she was leading this the carefully tailored press yeah and when you don't pay attention you think it's a documentary about a movement and you just go okay and you know you kind of you know you book stuff all the time you book weddings birthday parties sure, we, we love uh, independent filmmakers and yeah. helping out that you know you might not vote for the ndp but we've had an ndp group in here or we had a liberal party group in here you know mm-hmm. it's like we were a rental place so it ends up that this documentary it was the worst, <laughs> you know? Yeah, was like, we're still talking about it, so... Yeah, and it, but it, it happened so fast. Where it's like, oh, we booked this rental, okay. And then it was Ian, one of the partners, you know, with a brain, one of the three of us who is smart, was like, oh my God, we got to take this off right now. It was this Red Pill documentary, honestly, and it's my fault... I didn't know anything about it. No, no. You thought it was a Matrix retrospective. Oh, for sure. And I'm not even a Matrix fan. And that's probably why it didn't click in my head that, you know, the poor Matrix people. Yeah. Are they like, now they're associated forever with this horrible thing because these horrible people yeah. took a plot point from them. You just thought it was a room full of spoons scenario where you were like, oh, it's just some documentary yeah, that some I documentary. probably won't see. Oh, well. So we apologized. We sent out a press release. We didn't allow the rental to happen. Right. Explain to them why we can't have this happen. And we came out okay. Like, I think because we so quickly got on top of it. Yeah. Like, within five minutes of it being posted on our website of, here's a rental, tickets are for yeah, sale yeah. here. That's when the light bulb went over our head of like, yeah. holy cow, this it's, was It's stupid. not an endorsement, you know? Like, hosting exactly. a private rental is not an endorsement. It's not an endorsement, but at the same time, you cross a line of if, like, we would never be like... Hey, we're screening a KKK pro yeah. documentary, you know, that kind of thing. So now, and we've said as part of our aftermath of this, we're like, we will research better right. who we're renting to. We will triple check and make sure it's not one of these type of groups. And we got all kinds of nice praise from all <laughs> kinds of nice groups. But of course, some people were still angry. Oh, for sure. And it got to the point where this one person was very angry. And I was like, I'm not going to fix things via texting back and forth with you yeah can you call me can i call you and they called me and i said everything i just said here mm-hmm. and i said we apologize we did this the rental's not happening it's not going to happen again we said what can we do better to these type of groups women's groups that kind of thing and sure. and heard their voices and i said what do you want us to do and they didn't have an answer for me and it became evident then that they just were one of these people who just liked kind of yelling online they wanted to be angry they wanted to be angry and I was like, tell me what else I could do. And they didn't have an answer. And I said, okay, well, so let's end this here. Yeah. And if anything else comes up, let us know. And in the years since then, 
we've had no problems. No. Everything's cool. No. And, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we were accused of censorship by some people. Oh, yeah. And you're like, that's yep. not what censorship is. Like, yeah. <laughs> you can still go watch this somewhere else. Yeah, and you will probably, but yeah, exactly. we won't be involved and shouldn't be. It's like, we are allowed to not screen this because we have that choice. Yeah. So yeah, so it made me think of that, of making mistakes and getting better and trying to just be better in the world when people come at you. And it's so funny. I've seen so many of my friends and friendly acquaintances online. I know a lot of kind of nerd celebrities and I've seen some who do diverse work and work with diverse people. Mm -hmm. One is someone who I'm very fond of, someone I've befriended the last couple of years named Dan Parent. And he's a comic book artist who, amongst other accomplishments, created the character Kevin Keller for Archie Comics, mm -hmm. who was a gay teenager. And his point of view was, in any high school, there's going to be gay kids or yeah. a gay kid. And we want to give that a voice in Archie. And you've seen Archie, like back in the day, all white. You oh, know? God. Yeah. And now, much better about that. I witnessed people come at Archie, like, you're supposed to be family values. You're supposed to be this, supposed to be that. And the great thing that happened glass half empty or you could say like oh they just did it for good publicity and you could say oh they just did it for publicity but they still did it mm -hmm. where these groups said went to all these sponsors and said you can't advertise with them anymore and it backfired on them <laughs> where all these people then supported the book right and i'm just making this up but whoever, well, they probably got even more people yeah like whoever it was it was like you know oreo cookies and mcdonald's sure. and whatever but that's something so right now i laugh because there's some people being jaded about Black Lives Matters are being jaded about being a social media group and putting up a black logo or whatever. Mm -hmm. But it's amazing where the one that caught my eye was SpaghettiOs. When a group like SpaghettiOs, who you think probably sells a lot of SpaghettiOs to the red states or to, you know, whatever. It just sounds white. Like SpaghettiOs, yes. like, I mean, no but offense. They are stepping forward or all these other groups, yeah. whether it be a comic book group or a video game group sure, or a like clothing who, brand. Yeah, Netflix, Hulu, whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. It's something. It's yeah. something that once upon a time would not have happened. No. And that's the thing. Like, even if this is happening because, oh, I guess we got to do this, it is happening. And that can be a floodgate, you know? And that's yeah. how I, like, I just kind of finally got pushed too far, you know? Like, I have a lot of black friends, a lot of people of color friends, and I'm just at this point where I'm just tired of the stuff I'm seeing in just this blase. And I'm just, like, I'm just, I've been so angry the last 72 hours. <laughs> yeah. And I'm me. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm a 38-year-old white dude. I can't even imagine what my friends go through. And so it's just like... Enough is enough, man. That's kind of a joke I've had forever of anytime somebody gets mad at a gay pride parade. I'm like, man, I'm I'm a Canadian, white, middle-aged, brown-haired, heterosexual. There's you so know. many. So oh, many. I'm the worst. I'm boring. I'm nothing. <laughs> but I'm like, I don't need a parade because every day is a parade for yeah. me. Every day I'm fine. I've never been, you know, I don't think this has to be said from a certain point of view of like, but of course... I think everybody can guess what side we're on of this. For sure. And where our hearts lay on this. And that if we were open right now, it would give us furthermore of an excuse to do a Black History Month oh, I think festival we, or something. That's I think, what I was thinking too, that yeah. we probably would have done that today. We would have. And that's the beauty of the week screenings is yes. that we can yeah. turn around and do you know if we were open we could say something like that like have some sort of like documentary screening have a discourse after and i think we absolutely would have done that and i think it was like just recently where poor john singleton passed away oh yeah and i can't remember what he died of it was something sad like he was only like 50 years yeah, old he or, was not old we screened boys in the hood mm -hmm. and it wasn't even a question like i remember lee emailing me and being like so i want to screen boys in the hood on monday night or whatever yeah. and i was like oh yeah for sure and that's that's why I love being a nerd versus a business person. Yeah. Because there may have been something like on paper, 
if we screen Parasite that night, we'll make more money. But we were like, no, we're going to do it. What was great was people did show up. It wasn't packed, but people right. showed up. It, it was a worthwhile screening. But it's stuff like that where you can take a moment and screen a movie. Or if you're the library, you know, put out a series of books. Or if you're mm -hmm. a radio station, play some music. Or if you're a talk show host, have people on to talk about stuff. So I think if we were open right now, for sure next week we would have some stuff. Oh, absolutely. You know, we would be playing some classic black cinema. Yeah. Do the right thing seems pretty apt right oh, about Oh, God, yeah. You know, and I just think of the thing, like when we hosted, I think it was the Indian Runner when we did the screening of yeah. that. And oh, we had God. the indigenous people, the community representatives were here and stuff. And there were people weeping. Like there yeah. were people leaving the theater to the lobby weeping. And it was one of the most powerful things I have ever seen. And I had people after the screening come and thank me for showing the movie. Like thank us, but essentially. Uh, yeah. But And I, I just was so humbled by that experience. And, and just, again, it's one of these things where I'm like, I'm angry. I could never even imagine what you've gone through your entire life, you know? I remember that group for one reason, because the guy running the show was named Josh. So that, that <laughs> nice. stood out to me. I'm like, so, hey, another Josh. There's that. Could have been a nicer guy. And he warned me in advance or, or kind of gave me a heads up. He said, this is a very powerful film. Mm -hmm. Although it was just an open screening. Right. Many of the people coming were from their group or word had spread through their community. They'd sent out yeah. invites kind of thing. And it was packed, I think, too. It was packed, yeah. yeah. And I witnessed it of a, a young woman come out because there's some rough scenes in that yeah. of their community being abused. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure there's stuff of whether it was her or her parents or somebody went through exactly that. Yeah. To witness somebody come out of like, I'm a crier. I have cried oh, at yeah. <laughs> every movie, whether it be a Muppet movie or Star Wars or some heavy yeah. Terrible, political, the world is horrible. At least once a week, you yeah. probably cry watching something. Yeah, but to witness up, But I have never had... We've all had horrible things in our lives. Mm -hmm. But I've never had something like that. Yeah. And to see somebody that moved by a film... One, on a tangent, it shows you why going to see a movie in a movie theater with your friends, with a group, is powerful. Yeah. But it also, it is it is a point of pride of saying, we got to do that. We yeah. screen that film. That's the importance of an independent theater, I think. Yeah. So you see stuff like that, and you see how, man, I wish we were open right now, now that we're talking about this. I know, like, I know. It, it would be so great to do something. You know, when we're back, we'll do more. But yeah, it would be nice to have a little film festival right now and raise some money or True. say, like, you know, we're, put it, we're putting out the collection bucket. Yeah, yeah. Or find a group, say, we've done that before. We screened a documentary, a, a really great documentary about gay culture in the early 60s, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, an LGBT group came out and basically kind of set up a table with some pamphlets and introduced the movie and said why the movie was important and didn't get a humongous crowd, unfortunately, but we're very thankful just to have that voice and to have us on social media kind of saying, hey, we're doing this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we could do something like that again, like yeah. some group who wanted to come and present a film. Or if there was a new film that we weren't, we always say that. Like, if there's something we don't know about, let us know. Yeah. Well, that's why it's been nice. To have stuff like Blood Quantum, you know, have an indigenous film that we're able to host, yeah. even if it's just online, you know. Like, yeah. And, and there, there has been a little bit of that, you know. So it's just, it's a small thing, but it's just, that's one of the things I love about this place is just how open we are and how welcoming we are. Like, we really yeah. are. Like, we still make mistakes, but as a business, I think, I, I don't want to, like, pat ourselves on the back but i yeah. mean i think we like we pride ourselves on trying to help the community trying to at least be accessible to the community you know and that's more important now than ever yeah and it's one of those things where once we're back hopefully sooner than later if you're a listener and you're like oh i'm part of this group and we want to do something sometimes even if you don't rent the place if you rent the place and do well you make some money mm -hmm. we don't take a lot from rentals and we don't do any tricks of like give us 20 percent of your tickets or anything yeah. like that we're just we're not that smart. <laughs> we're, not, we're not that business savvy. No. But 
one of two things if you do a rental you just keep the tickets and we always say you know sell your tickets for like 15 bucks a piece and you screen a movie and you watch something and then you make some money but what's also doable is if we're screening something or you know something is coming and you think your group is associated with that you can just come in you know talk to us first don't just show up the day of and introduce the film talk about your group give out some flyers collect some donations if you'd like we've done that a bunch of times with various groups whether it be an environmental group or lgbt group or an indigenous group or whatever Mm -hmm. and that's nice because it doesn't they're not giving us they're not having to pay anything and there's a little bit of back and forth because you think we're just kind of helping each other we're there maybe letting a bunch of people who've never been here before know we exist Mm -hmm. and we're screening a movie that they want their community to see it's so tough to say right now because we don't know when we're back i I still keep on looking at that july of a month from now which seems like an eternity (laughs) oh my god it seems far away but if by say july 15th that'll be four months that we're away the world's starting to come back a bit where it's i i think you know, stores have been open this yeah. whole time, Shoppers Drug Mart or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think now, like, I think, like, the comic shop in downtown Ottawa is open now, but still oh. kind of following the rules, socially yeah. distant, X amount of people in at a time. My friend's bakery, Thimble Cakes, is open, I think, mm. in the same way of, like, advance orders if you can, yeah. pay debit if you can. Yeah, because I think Black Squirrel's kind of been doing that. Like, I think, I don't know if you call ahead or whatever, but they've got their little table in front of the store kind of thing. Yeah. The other day, uh, my friend did that where he and his kids... It's so funny. It's like they have a table blocking the door. And then one of the black squirrel kids comes out wearing a mask. And my friend had on his mask and said, my kids like comic books. And came out with a stack of books and was like, how about this, this, this? You know, so they're kind of open. So I think we'll be kind of open before we're open. Or Lee seems to think we might be open for rentals before to the public. That would make sense, especially because you can control the number pretty strictly. But I don't know. It's, it's so hard to say. <laughs> Every day is an adventure, for lack of a better term. But the important thing is, you know, I've always liked that we're kind of like a haven to the disenfranchised, I almost feel like, you know, and I include people like geeks, you know, like people of color, like anything at all, like just anyone. Like, that's what I like. We're a unique theater. We're not, you know, you don't have to feel uncomfortable coming here. You know, you can just show up and just enjoy life, you know. Man, I wish we could play Do The Right Thing tonight. Yes, oh, my God. That'd be so nice. Yeah. When we get back, we'll do that. We'll, we'll screen do the right thing and get out and Spider-Verse and oh, some older films or something, you know. Amazing. Yeah, no matter when that is. Those movies are all valid and powerful in their own ways. And yeah, yeah absolutely. That's going to happen before the Nicolas Cage Fest ever happens. And it should. <laughs> it should. Uh, okay, so before I... I can feel it coming. I'm going to cry. So before I, know, I, know. Before I, I cry... We talked about doing a little <laughs> aside at some point in the podcast. And it's been yeah. the whole thing. And absolutely, it should be, to be honest. But we love all of you, basically, and Black Lives Matter. That's what we're trying to say. <laughs> now, onto the podcast. Onto the podcast. <laughs> I got to watch some of the movies that we're screening on our video store this week. One, I watched The Trip to Greece. Oh, yeah. Which is funny because you were saying how Emily couldn't stand it. Yeah, she just doesn't... Yeah, I don't know. It's not... It's it's a little too... It's not even that it's awkward comedy. Like, sometimes it sort of is, but I think she just finds it kind of boring and not funny. Yeah, and it's funny, too, because a friend of mine... Who watched it? No, it was one of our patrons. One of our super patrons watched it. And he said basically that I've seen this before. <laughs> he made some joke. Like, you know, yeah. It's a trip. I was fine. Not taking something like that. <laughs> that's you know? actually a great review. It's oh, <laughs> a good snarky, like Leonard Maltin <laughs> review. You know? The trip to boredom. <laughs> the trip to boredom. And it's one of those things where there's movies out there. My go-to example is always Blair Witch. I love Blair Witch Project. If you don't like it, 
Totally get it. I loved Blair Witch, the like later sequel. Oh, right, yeah. Just as an aside. Yeah, the original, if you don't like it because it made you seasick, or <laughs> you found it unbelievable, or you didn't like the style, totally get it. Sure. And there's this movie, oh shoot, what's it called? It's about a tire, Rubber. Is that what oh, it's yeah, called? Oh yeah, Rubber, rubber. yeah. I forget that filmmaker's name, but he's bonkers. Yeah, that is a weird movie. But I've seen two or three of his films that we've screened here, and they're all bonkers. Like, they all break the fourth wall, they're all very abstract, they're mm-hmm. all super weird. I love them. Unironically think they are kind of artistic brilliance. But if you don't, totally get it. Oh, you could easily tell why that would not work for someone. Yeah. And so that's kind of the same of these trip movies. Like, if you don't want to watch two old white dudes go to expensive restaurants. doing impressions. In seriousness, what I appreciate about them is I laugh out loud at them. And there's real drama in there. And they just don't follow the rules. Like, there's no villain. There's no kind of... Yeah, yeah. Rob Brydon was a brief villain in the one movie where he cheated on his wife. Yes, yeah. Apart from that. And they kind of end. I won't say how, but when they end, they don't end. They're kind of like real life. Like, real life doesn't always wrap up nicely. Yeah, and they're not documentaries. Like, they are fictional to a degree. Like, they are eating, they're visiting these places, but they're not playing themselves per se. Like, they're fictional versions of themselves to a degree. Like, it's, it's a juggling act. Oh, my God. At one point, there's just a little throwaway part where they mention the bill. And I think in the context of this world... They're being covered because they're writing an article for like a magazine or something like that. I thought they said 300 euros, but they actually said, I think Gwen said they said 395 or 375 euros. So I looked it up of what that is at Canadian dollars and it had a heart attack Yeah, because it's like $600. Which is not shocking considering that they're going to these out of the way places in the middle of nowhere. And like, they look like places that would cost that basically. And Gwen said, what I always forget because I don't drink is it's the booze. Oh yeah, true, true. Because if they had a eight course meal but then they had a bottle of wine oh yeah that bottle of wine might be 300 canadian dollars oh god it wouldn't be cheaper than 100 that's yeah. for sure yeah. like, <laughs> so that's funny to me but anyhow i enjoyed it it beautiful cinematography oh, yeah beautiful it, it is it, it's seinfeldian like it's a movie about nothing mm-hmm. but there is little bits of character development and pathos thrown in there mm-hmm. and i just like those guys they made me laugh so i did enjoy that movie but i get if you do not <laughs> yeah for sure because it, it and it is there is multi-layers to it like and I, I wonder how much of it is real like are they actually writing these articles for the thing or is that a bit like i, I don't, don't even know, know. because his, his son in the new movie is not his son it's no. an actor and so like a lot of these storylines they're based in fact but also it's completely false so it's weird emily was saying like they don't even really talk about the food which is kind of what you think they would talk about on a show where they're supposed to eat food and i was like well maybe that's part of the bit like it's not they're not really actually hired by the independent or whoever it is the newspaper that hires them like maybe th- th- this whole thing is a farce i don't know that would be good kind of synergy if a british magazine was actually taking articles from them it would publicize yeah that that would have know? been a hilarious tie-in and maybe it, it does exist i don't i didn't even know it was based on a tv show in the first place so i'm not the... see that's why you have to be careful with not just documentaries well documentaries but with based on a true story and one that i always think of is the social network where it's a fictionalized account it's so fictionalized that i'm surprised they didn't just change everybody's names mm-hmm. and instead of calling it face because like, they call it facebook in the movie yeah you know call it Headbook or whatever, bookface, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. something. But spoiler, spoily, spoily, if uh-huh. you haven't seen that yet. But at the end, there's a point that basically shows Mr. Facebook as this sad, lonely man who doesn't have a girlfriend and is kind of abandoned. Where in real life, he's had the same partner. I don't know if they're married yeah. since that time. So she was taken out of the film to make him seem more sad 
Yeah. A sad genius. In Tortured. real life, <laughs> there would have been a woman there the whole time. Right. Alongside him. And they're still together today. So that's an example of you might watch that movie and go, oh, well, that's real life. And you're like, well, it's kind of real life. Yeah. Broad strokes of real life. But the powers that be, the producers, the writers, took out a character. Yeah. And made it look different. So Yeah. And he only made Facebook to spite a woman in the first place. Like, that was the, right. the, the <laughs> whole point of doing it. So it's like, well, maybe he's not the best guy. Oh, God, no. But and even and now, you know, we say that nowadays. It's like, yeah, maybe he's not <laughs> maybe the best guy. Or a film like JFK... I know that, if I'm remembering this, I haven't seen that forever, they took Donald Sutherland, the character he played was basically Mr. Exposition, and they took five characters and kind of shoved dialogue into him, mm-hmm. because in a two-hour movie, there's only so much you could do. So that's an example, if you watch that, you go like, oh, that happened, and you're like, well, no, it didn't. Like yeah. Kevin Costner's character would have done that over weeks with different people, but they kind of whittle it all down for sure and it's impossible to be 100 percent factual like i genuinely believe that you could probably be 99 percent, but it's just you're telling a film just in terms yeah. of being able to do that in a hour and a half two hour time period you're not going to be able to be 100 percent accurate and especially the trip films where it's their names right they're playing themselves so that blurs it even further yeah for, well and the funny thing about that too is like once you find out that's not 100 percent real then you're like wondering like about his family their families it's like did he really cheat on his wife is yeah. that his wife like <laughs> what, what's even yeah. going on i also watched blood quantum which eric mentioned right. a few minutes ago it's from a director who i wrote down the title just because i knew i was going to forget it a few years ago he did a movie called rhymes for young ghouls which we oh, screened yeah. here which was also very good blood quantum's really good yeah it's an old school horror movie that doesn't mess around and there's fun moments in it. There's little bits of humor in it, but it's a horror film Mm -hmm. really well done. The acting's great. The zombie genre is so tough because it's like the vampire genre or whatever it's been done. So when a little new twist can be thrown in there, a new point of view from a indigenous filmmaker from this genre that has had so many stories told within it before. Really good. So highly recommend that. And that does happen every couple of years, I feel like, when people are like, oh, zombie movies are done. You know, we get a train to Busan, you know, or we get a Blood right. Quantum or, you know, they're just so many. And I honestly think, you know, when you're, when you're looking versus werewolves versus vampires, I think that zombies is the most interesting storyline just in terms of how many great or very good films we've gotten out of it that are different. Yeah. And it's one of those ones where it's, it's cliche, but it's it's where people are the real monsters. <laughs> yeah. Like. And that's what many zombie films are about. And this movie has a bit of that in it as well. But it's so bittersweet to watch because I watched it yesterday afternoon because I wanted to watch it before recording this. And man, I just wanted to watch it in a cinema with a bunch of people because there's some good scare moments that people would have jumped at. It's not the same watching it at home with sunlight on the couch by yourself versus a cinema. But if you do that, we appreciate it. It would be nice to screen it here. It's always bittersweet, these things. I'm glad we get to talk about this because the way this fell, the last time we did this, it happened right after we recorded. We have another 36 Chambers RZA hosted event coming up. Oh, right. On Friday, June 5th at 9.15, The Mystery of Chess Boxing, which is a 1979 martial arts film, I believe. That sounds right. And for Wu-Tang nerds, it's where the name... Ghostface Killer comes from. Yeah. And the title of the song, The Mystery of Chess Boxing. Oh, yeah, that too. That's also, but still, (laughs) I mean, that was a little too obvious, but. And so this is another event where our friends at 36 Chambers who talk about doing good things in a community, they've swept through Ottawa 
God, I got a little post about it because I ordered a t-shirt, so I got on their mailing list. They've raised a giant amount of money yeah. for Ottawa food banks and charities. They did it kind of before and now during this t-shirt thing. The t-shirts thing is going to make them a whole bunch more money because mm-hmm. I think this post I got was pre-t-shirt monies. Yeah. As we speak, wherever you're listening to in the world, if you want to do a good deed and you have 50 or so bucks to spare, you can get a t-shirt. It says Ottawa and has the Wu-Tang logo. All that money goes to Ottawa Charity. Uh, I think all to the food bank, but I'm not sure on that. I but think it, so. It goes to good people. Mm-hmm. It's so amazing when stuff like that happens where the Wu-Tang Clan is now and forever will be associated with Ottawa Yeah, for this amazing thing. And I'm sure now that this will continue. More will happen. We didn't make a ton of money off of the first screening we did. Mm-hmm. The amount of people who tuned in is probably the amount of people who would have come to a movie like this. But you're not really doing this for the money. We made a couple bucks, but it's good publicity for us. Yeah. And it's a friendship now that we have with this business that I'm pretty certain that when we come back, we will have a 36 Chambers hosted event of some kind. For sure. And we made more than we would have made by not doing it. Which exactly. is obviously yeah. the takeaway. But I yeah. love that you can say our friends at 36 Chambers. Like, I never thought that's a sentence I would yeah. hear from you. And <laughs> I am here for it. So, And it's so funny. Like, my shirt got delivered. All local. Like, everything's local. Like, they made sure it's a... They threw it up on your balcony. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they texted and said it's on the way. And a guy came and, oh, man. and safely passed it off to me on my front porch kind of thing. Awesome. And has a nice little card inside that says what all this is going for. An awesome little Ottawa Wu-Tang sticker. What? That I think I'm going to frame. How are you not wearing the shirt now, by the way? I know. I I'm a little be. upset. You know why I'm not? Because it's a fresh shirt. Oh, no. You can. It needs to be washed first. Yeah, 100%. It, it, you, you can smell, like the paint on it is, it's like, it's hot off the presses. <laughs> so that's why I'm not wearing it yet, but I will. By happenstance, I watched the four-part Wu-Tang documentary. Oh, nice. Since yeah, we last really good. talked. The Of Mike's and Men one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's really Man, good. But it's one of those documentaries that goes to that point of, they went through stuff. And then they're all the best of friends in the world. Oh, boy. And then it all goes wrong. And yeah, you're, just, yeah. you're just like, no Wu-Tang. Yeah, you're like, you, God, come on. <laughs> Stay together. Come yeah. on. But then it's nice where it picks up present day. Like, I think it's a pretty recent doc where they're like, yeah. we've had our ups and downs. We've had our problems. You see that the interesting thing is through these problems, they kept working together. Yeah. Where when Old Dirty Bastard was trying to, like, break up with RZA, essentially, RZA was still writing all his songs and stuff. Yeah, and they were cousins as well. So you so can I mean. see where like it was like business and family and all this. Sounds like a gangster movie. Man, it's a good documentary. And my favorite part was Method Man goes back with one of the other guys. I forget which other guy. Goes back and visits where they worked at the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. And just how thankful and polite and honest he was. And oh, yeah. he, his old boss was still there. And he <laughs> was like, you treated me so well. I love this job. It was a place for me to go and yeah. feel important and you saw that 20 years later that he still and he's been through a lot you hear them talk about oh, it yeah and it's whether it be with cops or drugs or guns or just that they shouldn't you know, be alive frankly. amazing yeah it's incredible and that they're all so talented and intelligent and oh yeah and helping community and all this kind of stuff it's one of those documentaries where i say even if you're not someone who has listened to the wu-tang clan yeah. it's worth watching just because it's so interesting to see these people and see what they've done. Yeah, and especially their impact. Again, yeah, even if you're not into hip-hop, like the impact they've had just through fundraising, just through awareness, you know, is incredible. And especially as comic book fans as well. Like as you talked about before. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like it's, they have done a lot for a lot of different art communities. And it's funny, like you don't want to point out 
the nerd part where they're doing other important things, but they'll be writing their lyrics and it's like, oh yeah, it's from the streets and important. And then they'll drop in, you know, Galactus. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, nerds. It's pretty great. Uh, you know, and they just covered so much ground and, and Wu-Tang Forever, you know, like as a double disc, obviously covered a lot of ground, but you know, it, it was very fascinating to have something like, like a more ag- aggressive type tune, but then you also have like a better tomorrow and, you know, like do it for your kids, do it for the community, all this stuff. You're just like- And the run they had always been where like that. RZA is this mastermind. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, I won't get man. this right exactly, but where he was like, okay, we're going to do a group album here. Then you're going to do this with this company. Then you're going to do this. And then we're going to oh, do this video genius. with this person. And then you're going to do this. And he just, he had it all planned he, out. It's incredible. He had the 10 year plan and, you know, he was the producer on all of those albums up until Wu-Tang Forever. Then he had the Wu elements come in and sort of split the work. And then after that, he was like, kind of like, you're on your own. Yeah. He'll, he'll do, he executive produced the stuff after that, but he wasn't the direct producer. He had guys like DJ Mathematics and, you know, like all these other guys who were just incredible producers, but you don't really hear after that, you know, it just became this thing and a lot of people still just think it's rizza and you have all these other guys all these the woo elements are you like um i love that there's a the world's a different place now but at the time radio and djs were so important Mm -hmm. and i believe it was kind of this double-edged sword of you can't get to point b without getting to point a but you can't get to point a with like you got to be on the radio yeah but you can't get on the radio and they somehow got on the radio and i love him saying you turn on the the album and it was just in it, like, you know, written on with Sharpie and it was like homemade album. <laughs> yeah. And the first thing you hear is a bunch of obscure B-movie martial arts quotes and swords. And you're like, what is this? And it's so raw, too. Like, the production <laughs> yeah. is so raw, especially for that time period. And you're just like, what? Yeah. Like, it was it was like nothing that had ever come before. And it was so popular. Like, that's what it blows my mind. And that's why it appeals to us nerds, because you're like, oh, although we can't associate with how you grew up we can just purely associate with you as movie fans and comic fans and just and i like it that they said in the film like we like that we're appealing to that kid in suburbia that older person here and that woman over there like no when they played blues fest last like i couldn't really afford to go frankly and it was only an hour-long show and like they're you know they're like not no offense but like they're kind of older now you know you're not getting you're not getting all the members you're not getting the whole the same energy right but i wanted to be there and so i went with my friend and we stood outside and, and just chilled and we were seeing like these old white couples like holding each other watching Wu-Tang from outside it was amazing it was so cool to see that's what people always forget now whether it is Wu-Tang Clan or Beastie Boys or Weezer or Nirvana is that it makes you feel old but you're like oh yeah these bands are old now yeah, <laughs> like, yeah these new bands are 30 years old so if you started listening to them when you were 20 you're 50 now mm. <laughs> so it, it's or if you listen to them when you were a kid you've grown up with them so I, I love that we're getting to do this it's Again, bittersweet because it's a at-home event, but on Friday night, you could tune in. You're supporting them, but a couple of bucks will be headed our way every Mm -hmm. time you buy a ticket. And you can ask questions and stuff to them, and they'll answer whatnot. Like, it's pretty interesting. Then sometime in the near future, they'll be on our screen in some form, I'm sure. We'll be showing a weird old martial arts film. (laughs) If it doesn't have commentary or anything, we'll be showing it, you know, with a... 36 chambers present brand on it man if we can get any of the woo members to come here in the future after all this is over yeah. like that would just <laughs> blow my mind yeah well you know we're, we're closer to that point now than we were before now that we yeah. have this you know association with them so the mystery of movie booking 
Yeah. Okay, let's wrap this up. We did it. I never (laughs) even got point formed. The only interesting thing that happened that we missed was that Ryan Gosling has been announced as the new Wolfman. Oh, yeah. I like that. I knew I would forget that. And Doug Bradley is reading Frankenstein. Oh, yeah. I should mention that. Yeah. I threw that on for you because I was like, he'll want to remember that. Yeah. I'm going to turn the... They're on YouTube. You can just go watch them. Doug Bradley, star of the Hellraiser films. Like a lot of actors of his generation, it's funny because he's star of the Hellraiser films, but he's probably done all this kind of great stage Shakespeare work. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, he's just reading Frankenstein and he's just doing it. You know, you don't got to pay. You don't got to do whatever. It's just kind of a nicety that he's doing during these troubled times. So I'm going to take it and turn it into a MP3 file so I can listen to it as an audiobook, essentially. So I'm going to do that. So that's a cool thing. Just go to YouTube, type in Doug Bradley Frankenstein. You'll find that. Last night I watched the Agfa, the Embalmer, that uh, one that they put up. And it was very cool. It was uh, Agfa has been doing these 99 cent mixtapes and whatever. And this one's a full movie, but then 40 minutes of like kind of like PSAs or whatever afterwards, which is really great. I'm going to watch that. And then my, my one last recommendation is I watched this movie called Arkansas. Which you might have heard of it had uh, Vince yeah. Vaughn, Liam he- Liam Hemsworth. Yeah, I think that's right. Various other people, John Malkovich, random, just like really good cast. It was awesome. It was a writer director's debut. Direction was great. Acting was great. And it was just it's it's one of those kind of like you know small time drug dealer guys, and then stuff goes wrong. Basically, you know, like that old chestnut. It was a uh, hypnotic would be the way I would put it. Where it's just one of these movies that you're just sort of like, what's going to happen next? Yeah. So highly recommended. It, it would have made it to theaters, but unfortunately there weren't any theaters so <laughs> yeah yeah so check Ugh, that out why? yeah not great and yeah i'll just recommend blood quantum that's really oh, good yeah. i like that a lot yeah. and if that if that's too horror for you trip to greece both available on our mayfair video store watch one then the other i guess yeah pa- palette watch it all thanks for listening everybody especially during these times nice to have you tune in chat with us online facebook instagram twitter we love you all stay safe out there and we cannot wait for the day to be screening movies for you to watch here at the Mayfair Theater. Yay. Bye, everybody. Bye. Okay, tonight I'm going to make you a Wu-Tang mixtape. I feel like oh, yeah. I owe you that now that we're <laughs> friends with 36 Chambers. Ooh-wee. It's going to be a scorcher to be. Universal Pictures presents a new film from Spike Lee. Good morning, Miss Mother's sister. Now, Mookie, don't work too hard today. The man says it's going to be hot as the devil. I've been here 25 years. South's famous pizzeria is here to stay. Trust me. Mookie, the last time I trusted you, we ended up with a son. I know you can't stand it. You can't stand it. Hey, Sal, I'm going to get the on the wall here. You want brothers on the wall? Love. Get your own place. You can do what you want to do. What I tell you about that noise? What I tell you about them pictures? You talk some brother talk to him. You the man. No, you the man. No, you the man. No, you the man. The first time you turn your back, boom. Ah! Right here, man, in the back. Y'all take a chill. You'd like to sign a petition to boycott South's famous pizzeria? Hear me, what you ought to do is boycott that no good barber that messed up your head. And that's the double truth. Rude. the power. the power. You know, deep down inside, I think you wish you were black. <laughs> Who told you to step on my sneakers? Who told you to walk on my side of the block? Who told you to be in my neighborhood? I own this brownstone. Who told you to buy a brownstone on my block in my neighborhood on my side of the street? I can't even hear myself think! From Spike Lee, director of School Days, and she's got to have it. Good people, please! If we don't stop this, no, we can stop it now! We gonna do something we gonna regret for the rest of our lives.
on, what? What? Always do the right thing. That's it? That's it. I got it. I'm gone.